0: Hi, you're listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of Dinner Party, Chef Amy Sins. And today I have Chef Jimmy and Chef Dink, who I am live on site at the American Culinary Federation Conference. And I have met these guys the last couple years and I said, chefs, you gotta be on my show. So thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having us. So I wanna start y'all, you know, I met Chef Jimmy Hill uh, a couple years ago at a conference and he was telling me All these success stories and I think uh, my listeners out there understand how much I love to hear the good stories and the happiness and the hope and the future that can happen for people. Um, around the world, and the stories he was sharing when he got up, I think in a seminar on a microphone and started talking, I said, I gotta find this guy, I need to be his friend, and he needs to talk to me. So, Chef Jimmy, tell everybody what you do.
1: Well, I'm currently the, uh, I'm I'm a instructor in a correctional facility, uh, Lakeland Correctional Facility, and uh, it's in Coldwater, Michigan. Um, it's a, it's a prison, a level two, three, uh, and so I'm the food technology instructor. I've been there now for, this November will be 33 years. Wow. And, uh, overall the same month, it'll be 37 years in the department. So I've been there for a while.
0: So, chef, whenever you know, thirty-seven years ago, when you were coming up in the industry, and you were thinking about what you were going to be when you grew up, was this on your plan?
1: You know, it, it, it wasn't. I mean, I I, I did have a, a interview back in nineteen seventy-nine for the Department of Corrections as a food service supervisor, and I walked in and I took this interview and we walked around through the kitchen and I seen the guys and you know the knives and all that and so I was inquisitive I, I asked the person who was doing the interview um so the guys use knives in here he said <laughs> yeah and I said well what happens if you know something goes wrong he said well we basically write them a ticket and and it's a it's like a disciplinary action kind of thing. Then I thought, hmm, there's hot soups and sauces and knives, and all they're going to do is get a ticket rolled on them. And so I declined. Oh, wow, yeah. And that was 1979, and then 1985, I end up taking that same interview at a different place in the same department, and I got the job, and it was the same scenario, but... I was more comfortable there.
0: Well, that was what I was thinking in my head. Was it because you were in a different point in your life, in your career that you maybe had a little bit more worldliness or was it because, you know, things had changed in some way?
1: I just, I, I didn't understand back then the, the structure of the Department of Corrections in terms of working in the kitchen. And then six, seven years later, uh, I I guess it made sense to me and and I was okay with it. And so I've been there ever since. But I guess to answer your question, no, I never thought that uh, I'd be working in in a prison uh, in the food service department. That never came across my mind as I was growing up, even though I was always into food. I knew that I want to do some type of food service work, but I never thought that would be the place I ended up in prison for good. You know, do, for doing good, but uh, yeah, I never thought that.
0: Well, so the program that you're doing, I know it's you know the food service hospitality management program. And, you know, the goal is to, it seems to be to set people on a path for a great future and to have a great life and a skill set and a career. How did that kind of all come about?
1: Well, I, when I took that uh, interview, um, and I remember the first day after when I initially got to the facility, the principal, because I'm under. Uh, education. The principal is my boss. And he walked me down to the classroom. His name was Tim Hogan. He walked me down to the classroom and we walked into the class and in there there was only a couple tables and a few chairs and the, and the teacher's desk. And he said, well, here you go. I'll see you at lunchtime. <laughs> And he walked out and I sat down and I looked around and I thought I'm not sure what it is I'm supposed to be doing here, but whatever it is, there's nothing here to do it with. And about 20 minutes later, the the warden called and he said, hey, Jimmy, I just met him, I don't know, 25, 30 minutes, maybe an hour earlier. And he said, what's for lunch on Thursday?" and i didn't know what to say because i didn't know there was lunch on thursday (laughs) and he said well you you do you do a lunch every you're gonna do a lunch every thursday and i said well i said well what is what do you like and he said well i'm a spicy meatloaf spicy potato man and so my first uh luncheon at the prison was spicy meatloaf with spicy American potato, fried potatoes and a salad. And that was my initial start into the food tech program. And after that I just kept building on it because there was nothing there. And uh, next thing you know we you know we brought in tables and, you know, there no chairs and uh, kind of structured the kitchen to way you know it, it should work and, and flow, but in the beginning it was two chair uh, two tables and, and a teacher's desk, and that, that was it.
0: And you didn't even know you were actually cooking. I didn't even know that <laughs> that,
1: that was a part of the the, the program. Glad it was.
0: Well, so Chef Dink, y'all, Chef Dink, sitting here kind of giggling and smiling and saying, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad, you know, Thursday meals and cooking was part of it. You know, Chef Dink, what was it like to, to go through that program and how, how was the structure every day and what'd you learn?
2: Oh, I learned so much. The structure was so different, right, because you can walk. 50 yards, 100 yards, and you will be in full-blown prison. But once you get to the classroom, we playing smooth music, we cooking, we studying, the whole vibe is different. So the, the food tech program, it was it was like a blessing because you may be going through something, but once you get to food tech, now you're learning how to make a different type of soup or different sauce. You're learning you know, so much. And cooking, we cooking. I'm talking about on Thursday, like he said, on Thursday is meal day. So the first day I went in to Food Tech for my interview, it was just books and tables and chairs and students. They tell me to come back Thursday. By the time I get back Thursday, it's turned to a whole restaurant. It, it's a full-service restaurant, dish tank, galley, garden, bakery. I'm like, oh, I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm in the wrong spot. So. Yeah, and then they get you prepared for full-service food on the outside, which I wasn't prepared for until I got in that class.
0: So whenever you, I mean, I'm assuming it's a selective program, so people have to interview who are on the property, have to interview to be a part of it, is that?
2: Pretty much. It's um, it's like an elective. You can take it, I mean, you can apply for it like any other program CDLs, uh, uh, man, it, it was so many programs, college courses. I'm working in the child hall when I first met Chef. I'm in the kitchen, in the population kitchen, and I see him come through the back, and I'm like, who is that? And they say, it's Chef Hill. He's over the Food Tech program. I'm like, what is Food Tech? And they're like, uh, it's, a, it's a cooking class. I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta sign up for that. So I signed up for it, did the interview, he accepted me and here we is. Here well, we how long were you in the program?
0: How long did you go through the program, learn
2: and and work under Hell? I went through the program. I could have finished it in like, like 90 days because that's all I was doing. I was just, I was so eager to learn. Then a friend of mine came and got in the program. So I slowed my studying down and ended up finishing the course Like nine months? Ended up finishing like nine months? A little over nine months. A little over nine months. So after that, then I became a porter slash tutor in the program. So I was there for five years, five and a half years. Teaching
0: what you learned to new people who were enrolling in the program. Yes, ma'am. Now, whenever, um, you know, I'm thinking about all the stuff that the chefs here at this conference are going through. And so for our listeners out there, this is a a conference of chefs from all over the country and you know, Chef Hill and Chef Dink, they're from you know Michigan, but there are chefs from all over. But they're all kind of learning and studying the same things, which brings us together but everyone has a different way they teach, a different way they learn, and kind of like that, if you want to make your boss happy with the meatloaf, meatloaf is the first thing that you teach in class, right? Are there, is there anything about this curriculum that is similar to those who may be, you know, out of the prison population who were enrolled in culinary school? Is it a similar style program and learning experience?
1: Well, it was, yes. Because I always thought that you know, the, those who were locked up, uh, because it was a food service class, they should also learn the same material, the same concepts uh, as those who were going to Johnson and Wales or CIA, uh, because they deserve, if they're gonna be in the business, then they deserve the same uh, information in terms of, of learning or, or offered to them. Um, And so I always structured my class around things that I knew was outside of the prison. And, and, you know, in learning uh, the same, you know, the Kitchen Brigade and and all the mother sauces and fabrication and all the things that the students of today uh, go through and, and learn. And just because my guys, my students, I, I probably should stop calling them my guys, but I, that's just what they are.
0: They're, uh, they, they all students become family yeah, at some point.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we, I, I just thought that they deserve the same thing, and so that's why uh, I set the program up the way I did because it is it, totally different. Uh, when you walk in, you wouldn't think that when you got when you got to the food tech. Program the, the classroom. It would be the way it is, uh, and but it's totally it's totally different than than you could imagine once you walk in there. Which a lot of people say, you know, when they get there, they're like, "I, I never, I was surprised that it it was like this. I can't believe how it looks in here." And that was because I didn't want it to look like prison. I didn't want it to be hard and, and cold. So there's nice warm colors, and there you know, there's, it's called the Saffron Cafe and the paint kind of reflects the color of saffron. And so it's, it's just a good learning uh, vibe in there.
0: But, and there's something to be said about that opportunity that when people are getting out and they're wanting to start their career and their next future, and they're competing against people who graduated from the CIA and people who graduated from other uh, schools, then you wanna give them the same level and foundation.
1: With, yes. With I, the, oh, go ahead. I'd like to give them the same type of uh, information that is learned outside. So when they get out, they can do the things that they've heard about in class and which is why it's structured that way. So. Uh, and they're competitive and they're, with uh, the <laughs>
0: other people in the market and they're not at, at additional disadvantages that you may be experiencing.
2: And then coming from prison, sometimes people look at you sideways. But the skill is the skill. And the stuff that I learned in food tech got me a job three days after I got home as a saute chef at a three to four star restaurant downtown Detroit in the book Cadillac Hotel. So the stuff that I attained from food tech and chef teaching in the preparation that we went through, I was already ready.
0: Well, so I have to ask you this, Chef Think, because, you know, I teach some cooking classes and I work with lots of kids and uh, grown-ups. And sometimes I'll pull out a recipe or I'll make something and they look at me like, Chef, you are crazy. I don't eat that. I'm not going to eat that. Nobody's going to eat that. Mm. I don't want to cook it. And then when they taste it for the first time and it's something they've never experienced, they go, oh, I see why people eat that, right? Uh-huh. Did you have any experiences where you th- you were second-guessing Chef Jimmy Hill over here and saying, mm, chef, and then some things that you really have yeah, started to it's, love? It's
2: like yes and no, because we was eating in a child hall. We had a meal called a cat head. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like a cabbage roll, but it's... This horrible so by the time I got the food tech, I was I was really ready for anything I think I ate my first piece of monkfish in food tech. so I'm looking at this fish like man what, you want to cook that <laughs> and it was great so yeah it really I really didn't have no no ill ideas about the food I just was eager to learn and see what we was creating.
0: Were there any things that uh, you cooked in class maybe that It was the first time you were ever even exposed to it, like that monk fish. Were there any fruits or vegetables or proteins that you go, I never really even had a chance to taste this when I was a kid or.
2: What was was it? Dragon fruit. Dragon fruit. fruit. First time I had dragon fruit.
0: What was it it like?
2: It was different. I just like, I'm looking at it because, you know, I'm looking like, I don't know. But he cut it, he let us taste it. And it was, I'm like, oh, okay. Can we make a sauce or something out of that? Yeah, actually, what
1: I would do is I would go to this market uh, that they sell all different types of uh, fruits and vegetables from everywhere, and they've got all the fruits. They got dragon fruit, they got bread fruit. They've got uh, uh, the the uh, persimmons. Uh, they've got uh, the the Buddha hand, the, the you know lemons and. So one day I thought, you know, I'm going to just buy a bunch of different fruits and take them to class. And I set them up on the table and all the different shapes and colors and, and uh, you know, the, the prick, you know, the pricky uh, skins. And, and a lot of the students, they was like, man, I, what is that? And I say, well, these are the fruits that we're going to talk about today.
0: And they're like, wait, we're going to eat and that?
1: And it's like, man, I'm not eating that. Look how that looks. You know, what, what is that hand thing over there? And, you know, that was the, the citrus, uh, you know, but but once we talked about it and we cut it open and, you know, I let them taste it, then they were eager to to learn more about things that they seen, uh, that, that they hadn't seen before, and even though they looked hideous, <laughs> like that monkfish and like that dragon fruit, they got into it. And so I just I would
2: always bring something different just to keep them, you know, endures. And you remember when I first took the course, we had that, that one book on fru- fruits and vegetables. So a lot of those fruits I had already seen or read about, but now I'm seeing it now.
0: So and you're seeing it, and you're touching it, it, and you feel. It. I mean, there's something to be said about that learning process. That when you you look in the book, and you're you're you can you know we can read the recipe, we can learn about it, but until you use as many senses as you have available to you, I don't think you can truly understand it. You know how it feels, how how it smells, how it tastes, all of that. Right. Well, so Chef Dink. I, you know, you were in the program and you then became a porter in the program, helping other people in the program. When you got out and you you started working at at that business that you got a job in in three days, how did you get from where you were there to now you have your own business?
2: It was God's grace, I guess, because it didn't work out at the twenty four Grill, like I said, because like you said, the competitiveness in the kitchen. You know how it get. So one day somebody didn't show up for work and they needed some sauces made and they asked me to make the sauces. So I made the sauces. It turned out pretty good. So when that person came in the next day and I had made the sauces because, you know, head chef asked me to make the sauces again. The person say, oh, chef, these uh, sauces is good. Who made these? And he was like, chef Dink made them. Uh, So after that, it just, it started going on and on and on. And we doing this document, documentary, and the camera guys come to the job one day and they find out I'm from prison, the rest of the staff and stuff. So they like, now stuff started to get weird. What are you doing in here, you know what I'm saying? He from prison, what are you, you know? So the jealousy level rise. So being in that class, it taught me temperament too. Taught me patience, so I'm really chilling. To the point where it's coming every day, it's different stuff. Getting lied on, all of a sudden some keys come up missing. It's just a whole bunch of little stuff. So one day I move, get moved from the saute chef to the gar uh, to the salad the garnier. So I'm like, okay, I ain't tripping. I go down there, I do my thing down there. Now, the area is so nasty from whoever was there before me, I'm at work, and the kitchen manager, she comes in. She asks me why I'm sitting down. I'm sitting on the crate, but I'm cleaning the coolers. So I'm cleaning the coolers. She's like, why are you sitting down? You lazy, da da, da 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 I'm like, I'm not lazy. You see all this stuff? It came from my, the cooler. This stuff is horrible, man. They come in the health department, come here, they gonna look at y'all real funny. Oh, you just a lazy MF. I'm like, whoa. I'm like, we ain't about to do that. What you gonna do? I'm like, I'm not gonna do anything. She's like, I have my people come. I'm like, oh, here you go. I say, you know what? Y'all can have this job. I'm gone. It's over for me. So I leave. I start selling dinners out my mama's kitchen. You know, I stacked up on some paper and doing a little chefing here and there. You know, I saved up a few money, leaves me a kitchen spot. And here we go.
0: And now you have—you're doing catering, a food truck. You're your own boss. You're an entrepreneur. All of those things that I think there are a lot of chefs out there in the world who dream to be their own boss, and you've been given the skill sets and the opportunity to do that.
2: Had a great supporting cast, and like I say, it's God's grace.
0: And, you know, I can't imagine how difficult it was for that transitioning time and the situations that you've been with. And when you said, uh, you know, chef here uh, taught you patience and temperament, and I think that's something that we as chefs maybe don't get enough enough training in, right? Because I think if you asked all the chefs here in this room, how many of their head chefs have patience and temperament, um, there would be a lot who would say, yeah, no, that's not my guy, right? (laughs) But there's something to be said about that, that perfectly balanced person who can orchestrate not just a meal, but orchestrate and facilitate an entire back of the house business from start to finish to make sure that what goes out is good, but that the staff are happy, trained, safe. We're not getting issues with the health department. It's, it's a lot more than just cooking, I guess is what I'm getting at, right, Chef?
1: That's correct. Uh, I mean, I don't know why they would, they always would say to me, you know, that. Man, I don't know how you do it, Chef. You, you know, you're always so calm, and, and you know, just it's it's different in here. And it's it wasn't, uh, I guess it was, it wasn't purposely done. It's just that's just how I am. And uh, so a lot of times they would, you know, they would say stuff to me like, "Man, you ain't real. You, there's nobody out there. You don't act that way when you get off work." But it's exactly the way I act. Uh, I just. I don't know where the patience. I think the patience came from my mother, you know, uh, because my father was, uh, he was different. He, he would get at you quick, but my mom, she had patience. And so I think I got that from her. Uh, and I just, I don't know. It just kind of seeped into them, I guess.
0: Well, so I'm going to ask both of y'all the same question. Cause I think the answers are going to be different on both parts or they could be the same, but what are your favorite things to cook and what are your favorite things to eat? What's your favorite thing to cook and your favorite thing to eat? Chef Dink.
2: Favorite thing to cook is kind of hard because I'm like a mood cook. And it all depends on the timing, I guess. So I learned to cook for my mother and my grandmothers. And you know, that's the Southern. That's why I say I got Southern roots with a fast star flair because you know, we we just put food on a plate. That's another thing food talk, tech check, me, plate presentation. So if I can get sexy with a piece of meatloaf and some mashed potatoes and some string beans, then that's good. But it's like comfort food. I, I guess it's, yeah, comfort food. It would be any kind of comfort food, soul food, kind of barbecue-ish. I guess that would be it.
0: What about if somebody else is cooking for you? Is it the same thing you're looking for or you're looking for something different?
2: I mean, it all depends on what you cook and then how you're preparing it. So I can eat anything. I still eat white castles. <laughs> I, mean, I just ate some a few days ago.
0: <laughs> what about you, Chef?
1: You know, I, I am definitely a foodie, uh, but uh, I like uh, like like Thanksgiving. You know all the things that that you cook that leads up to that Thanksgiving dinner. All of that uh, it is it reminds me of when I was growing up. So I I love to cook that kind of uh, food. Uh, but I think the one of my the favorite thing that I have is something that my mother cooked for me, and it's called a butter roll.
0: Uh, you I'm sold. <laughs> it's, I mean,
1: it is it's biscuit uh, dough, and you, you insert a chunk of butter into this biscuit dough, and she would fold it up, put it in a pan, and then she would boil or bring to a boil pet milk, butter and sugar, mm. and once it got to the thickening point, she would pour it over the, it was usually about eight biscuits in a pan, and uh, she would pour it over those biscuits and put it in the oven. Um, and it was it was sugar sprinkled on the top of it, and I could I could smell it right now. It, <laughs> oh, was, I love so that. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. It was called a butter roll, and when it come out, it's 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 smooth and caramely and and it's nicely colored. And, and then you get that texture of the sugar that was sprinkled on it when, when, when it came Carmelous. out. And it Man. was absolutely amazing. And I've tried to recreate it. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of good at recreating it, but uh, it, it's never like, like my mom, she, you know, I mean, things that she would cook, you know, it's like, it was amazing. You know? So I, I like to cook stuff like that. Uh, because it brings back memories of, of them.
0: And, and I think, you know, we're, we're just about out of time, but I think that's what it comes down to, right? We as chefs are creating food memories for other people. We're sharing our personal food memories. Mm-hmm. We, it's a way with connecting with our diners and, you know, hospitality is h- called hospitality for a, reason, for a reason, right, in this industry. Well, I love it, and I wish I could talk to you all for, like, another 30 minutes, because this is amazing. But for my listeners out there, if you could just um, tell everybody real quickly how they can find you and learn more about you. Do you want to go ahead?
1: Well, I have a – I've got a couple things going on. Uh, I have a a website that is actually in the making, but uh, it will be chef – jimmyleehill.com um, and on there you can find out things about what it is that I do, uh, also there's a documentary that is being uh, filmed about the program and all that information will be on there uh, uh, Facebook uh, you can find me on there and, and also on, uh,
2: on Instagram
0: Perfect, and um, Chef uh, Green Mile Grill yeah. Is on Facebook. Where else?
2: Chef, it's on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Green Mile Grill, Chef Dink three seventy five on Instagram, and Dink Dawson on Facebook.
0: Fabulous. Well, y'all, we are all out of time. You've been listening to WRBH Radio eighty eight point three FM. This is your host of dinner party, Chef Amy Sims. Until next time, ciao.